Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies. And for our listeners, use your special discount code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Um, I'm excited to have my guests on today. I've, I've interviewed several people from the show, the Ultimate Cowboy Showdown. It's a super, super cool show. Uh, it's a reality show, obviously, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, but uh, it's a cowboy reality show and uh, they do a lot of real cowboy uh, stuff in it. But anyway, today I have Coy and I'm, I'm going to, we were talking about this before we came on, I'm not butchering his last name, uh, but it's Coy Malasson. I think I got that right. So, hey, Coy, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Oh, man, glad to be here. Glad to be a part of it. Yeah, so where, where are you at right now? I know when we, we, you were late getting on because you were just putting some cows in the in the trailer or something. Yes, sir. No, we come up here at the sale barn in Greywood, Texas. And, uh, man, basically we come up here every Monday and we palpate. We'll just palpate and mouth all these cows that they come through here and Usually, usually we'll get here by 10, we're done by 11.30, and grab us a cell barn cheeseburger, because really, you, you really can't beat one. Right. And then we, we kind of get our, our Mondays are a little slow, but but we'll, we'll get it kicked off right after we get one of them good hamburgers, and uh, after, the, after, after we leave here, we're going to pin a set of cows and try to get some put together and get them ready to sell. Nice. So, now, did you grow up in Texas or Louisiana? No, so I grew up right here in Texas. So my family originates out of Crowley, Louisiana. Is that's kind of where we we've traced it back to. And my grandpa, his parents were actually from Crowley. And my grandpa, my my great grandma, she actually she didn't speak English. She spoke uh like broken French. Right. So. Well, cool. So then you uh. Did you guys have a ranch here? You grew up on a ranch in Texas, or no, no, sir. So how I kind of grew up doing it is my dad cowboyed a little bit. Uh-huh. He was he was a welder, and you know he always he always enjoyed day, day working pretty much. Yeah, and 
down here, there's a man that goes by the name of Tommy McMullen. He passed away a few years ago now, but he uh, he had a place down there in Devers off 1410, and my dad just kind of went out there and helped him with it. He for for some reason he just he loved my dad like a son. I'm I'm that's to me that's where I grew up at. You know, right. it wasn't it wasn't at my house. It was down there at G Dad's house, and that's where I learned it all. So from the time I was four, we moved to Devers, Texas. And then from Devers, I was there 12 years, 13 years. And then, you know, my parents split up and we kind of moved on from there. But for 13 years of my life, we stayed down there. G-Dad had a big place. And me and my dad just kind of helped him take care of it and helped him do a little rice and mainly, you know, work cows and stuff. Yeah. Now, did you, uh, you said this, this guy, your dad did day work for and you worked for it. He Did he pass away recently, did you say? Uh, yes, there's been a few years now. Years. Okay. But, but he, he was, he was kind of like a uh, second dad to my dad and kind of like a grandpa to me. So he meant, he meant a whole bunch to us. Yeah. So back then when you started day working and stuff, did you, were you, did you rodeo at all or was it, was it just all ranch work? No, sir. It's all pretty much been ranch work. I've, I've done a bunch of team roping. I've done a bunch of ranch rodeoing. Yeah. But it just, you know, I, I cannot stand a team roper. You know, I hate to, I hate to say that, you know, but it's. <laughs> It's and I, I love the team rope, you know. If if me and which we still rope, but we don't we don't go compete. Just, right. We'll get together. We ride young horses, and I mean we'll all go out there and tune on our horses and rope and have a good time. There there isn't really ever no more than five of us, and it's just it's fun. It's to to us that's that's the funnest it can be. Right. You know, right. if you go back to when you started team roping and like you and a couple buddies just starting out and just hanging out and roping and enjoying it, that's what I like. But I flag. Or I, I used to love team roping. Then yeah. I flagged a few of them, and I was like, "Everybody, <laughs> everybody's right, you know." Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to know the difference between a puppy and a team roper, and the, the difference is the puppy quits whining after two weeks. The team roper never shut up. <laughs> oh, that that's too funny and uh, <laughs> very true on a lot of levels. Um, so cool. So then, so are you running your own cows now? Or are you just are you day working, or you do a little bit of both, or? No, sir. I just, I just day work. I ride a bunch. I say a bunch of outside horses. I try to keep three outside horses a month uh-huh. and just kind of keep myself mounted. I have one horse that I own and I try to buy and sell a few horses. And I mean, I don't, I don't try to go to run to horse sales, do a bunch of horse trading, but I, whenever I find a nice young horse, I'll try to keep it for a year or so. And right. at the end of the year, try to try to sell it for more than what I got into it. And if I can break even most of the time, I'm pretty happy about it, but right. Right, right, right now it doesn't have to be all about the money. I told myself, I was like, well, I'll give it till I'm 30 to really sit down and, and make it pay for itself. But man, I, I enjoy it too much. You know what I mean? I enjoy riding young horses. Just, you just loping them in the mornings is, man, that's where I find my peace at. And right now it's my, my peace has been more important than, than making extra money. So if I can just, if I can just get my, my morning trot, my morning lopes in on my horses, I, I'm, I have a great day. But yeah. if, if that doesn't happen, then my day's kind of ruined. So, well, it's 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 just like a therapy, man. You know, just oh the, for sure. Yeah, the whole process from from just t- getting them ready in the morning, just saddling them up, and just uh, riding them around. It just it puts you in a different place. And man, kind of kind of where I'm at in my life right now is you know a buddy of mine. I moved down close to him. He lives he lives down the road from me now, uh-huh. and he has a place that he kind of takes care of and keeps up with. And I just go over there and help him. And me and him will partner up and day work together. And he he goes he goes and pretty much finds the work. 
and you know i always said he's he's he works from the shoulders up and i work from the shoulders down and together we make a pretty good team so that's awesome so how how did how did they find you for uh for the uh ultimate cowboy showdown yeah for the the show cowboy showdown season three yeah uh, (laughs) i was laying in bed one night and i i had signed up for the for the first or the second season after i seen the first season i knew jay storm had been on there right she's from down around this area yeah so i kind of knew the name and knew the face and after i watched the show i was like okay it it could seem interesting yeah and she come home and kind of told me some of the behind the scenes stuff or you know I'd heard somebody say that, like that's what she had said about it, and I was like, "Well, it can't be that bad." So when season two come up, I'd seen it on Facebook, and I was like, "I'm gonna do it. Like I'm gonna apply for it. I feel like this could be really good. Right? It's for if nothing else, it's the experience. I'm all about a good experience. Right? So I was like, "I'll do it." And it asked for me to send a video, and it was late at night, and I was like, "Well, I'm not getting out of bed to send a video." Right. Well, then after I seen season two, and I seen season three was coming out, and it come back up on Facebook. I was laying in bed. It was 1130 at night. I filled it out. I got up, threw a T-shirt on, walked to the kitchen, grabbed my phone, and just started talking into my phone like I was talking to my best friend. <laughs> and I just tried to relax and just be myself through it. Right. And it paid It paid off because I, I thought everybody got on the show that specific way. I thought everybody was chosen throughout that resume process. Right. And and that really wasn't the case. You know, there's there was... There was Maybe one other guy that got in there on, on somebody just pulling his resume, but most of those guys were there because they knew some knew somebody that had been on the show and somebody recommended them, and I think that's how they got such great competitors this year. Right. I, I, I believe that's the the kind of the best way is the best guys that they viewed from the first and second season, they would called them when they were looking for season three and it's like, hey, do you know somebody? You know, you know how the the show is run. You know how it is. Do you have anybody that you think would make it? And they'd send them one or two names, and and they'd go through the whole process. Yeah, but this being the the first experience for me of anything like this was was kind of mind blowing because just I mean it's just like this interview right here. I get busy like once I once I get my day started, it's it's head down, right. you know, belt loops in the air, and and let's go to work. And I walked in there earlier, my phone started ringing, and I was like, oh. Oh nope, I, I forgot something. You know, so yeah, we did get started just a, just a tad late, but that was okay. But, hey, you you mentioned Jay Storm too. Uh, we I actually had her on the podcast, and she actually ended up winning the season she was on. Jay Storm or yeah. uh, uh, Katie Joe? Oh, am I am I am I did Jay? Season did, two? Yeah, season two. Yeah, it's Katie Joe. It was Katie Joe. Okay, but Good I did. I, I think I did have Jay Storm on too, though. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, probably so. I think I had two of mine. I can't remember now off the top of my head, you know. <laughs> but, but anyway, so hey, so how? When did you guys start filming that? By the way, because you guys, uh, what, have the episode four is getting ready to come out now. Yes, sir. Episode yeah. four. So it was just you know we just got the storm done, and I'm trying to remember what this next episode is. It's funny because you you kind of forget about it because we started it. In October, I think October 25th, I left Southeast Texas and headed to Wyoming, give myself two days to get there. And then I was up there in a hotel for a couple more days when they was getting all the logistics mapped out on everything. And then they brought us onto the ranch. And from there on, it was a, it was a, a battle of mind and wits, you know? Right. right. It's, and that's kind of, that's kind of the way I tell everybody is, 
they're like, well, how did, how did you stay with those people? And, you know, they put you on camera, then they put you, like, y'all stay in the same room? Do y'all get different houses? And I was like, no. Like, you work right against each other. And to me, it was always the worst, like, right after you do an elimination. Right. They'd send somebody home, and everybody still kind of worked up. And the guy you just tried to send home because you felt like he was, he didn't make it. Right. And, the, and Trace doesn't send that guy home. And you have to walk up there and have a, you know, have a cup of coffee with the guy and then go lay down four horse stalls away from him. Right. Just off of a show, you know, it makes, it makes for pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I, and I just was reminded too, Katie Joe was the winner of second season. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know when you, that, that's the thing about the show is you know I mean it's it's not uh, you know all all the things that you're doing and, and required to do and the challenges they're not easy. I mean you got to have you got to have uh, you know your skills and you know as well as I do anybody else that works around horses or cattle or whatever you know in any given situation uh, you know you you can you can get in a wreck or just have something go uh, haywire and it. It turns out completely different than you anticipated. So, I mean, you could still be a top hand and be in a mess and uh, people be trying to run you off the show. Uh, no, for sure. There's, there was guys that were on the show this year, like the contestants, and they, they're, they're handy guys. They know exactly yeah. what they're doing when they're doing it. You can watch them, the way they ride, the way they swing their rope, and just by the way they carry themselves. You know, those guys that have kind of been there and done that, they, they have a little – you know what I mean? They got kind of a chip on their shoulder, and when they come there, they're ready to prove something. Right. And so that made the competition's ten times better. Yeah. You know, after watching the first and second season, after I pulled up there and looked around and seen some of the the guys that were getting out of those trucks and some of the the equine that stepped off some of the back of those trailers, it was yeah. kind of like that Dorothy. Hey, we're not in Kansas anymore. This isn't <laughs> the first second season. They went out and fe- and found cowboys right. and cowgirls to come compete on this thing, and really man, that little fire in me, Yeah, you know, once I realized I wasn't going to be able to just walk in there and it wouldn't be handed to me. Right. And I, I'd seen the caliber of guys that were kind of walking and you get to meet a couple of them, you know, and it's just like, this guy's been there and done that, you know, yep. he's, he's forgot about more cattle than I've seen. <laughs> right. You know, that's that goes through your head and it, it, it really, it's a, it's a mental game from day one. Yeah. You know, yeah. a couple of those guys, they didn't, they didn't necessarily stick with it they were they were hoping that the i guess like like the cowboy code was going to stick and stay and from the beginning i knew going into the whole deal that it's it's a mental game yeah you know at the end of the day everybody's there for the same thing and you're gonna make friends but i i just you know now now i'm starting to realize i wasn't the friendliest person while i was on the show right (laughs) i was i was always so worried about getting real close to somebody and then you know the next day have to go over there and it's pretty they pretty much ask you to cut their cinch, right, you know, right. Hey, tell to no, know Trace is like, tell me why he's going home, what he did wrong. Right. No, do, do not give me no name. Don't tell me somebody sitting on the fence. Don't tell me the guy wearing the immunity buckle. Right. I want to know why you're down here in the bottom. You know, when that situation comes, it's not easy. Yeah. Because you know, your situation might not be the same as the guys standing next to you. But yeah. then again, you didn't show up for his situation. You showed up for yours. And so that was, that was, that was something I think everybody on the show kind of really dealt with. And, but for me, it was just, you know, you can't let yourself get in there and get real close to those guys. And those, the guys that were on there, the camaraderie they have with each other now 
is something that I, that I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have been more friendly and, and more personable with those guys. You know, right. those are those people that you only get to meet once in a lifetime that you, you only really get to hang out and meet people like that so often. Yeah. It's not yeah. Every weekend, especially so many parts from around the country, but to be able to just kind of see all those guys come together and see how they do it from their part of the world. Yeah. That was interesting too. I, I really enjoyed that part of it as well. Yeah, and in terms of meeting people, uh, I wasn't meeting Trace Atkins. So I, I went into the whole deal thinking, Trace is cool. And yeah. that's that's one question. And when they've watched the show before, they're like, is he big? And he's like, yes, he's a he's a <laughs> tall guy, you know? Yeah. And then they're like, is he, is he mean? Like, is he rude? What's, what's the deal? And I was like, well, not really. You know, I didn't, I don't take him as rude or anything like that. But a lot of the guys that I know had that same like personality like they're kind of quiet guys they got deep voices and they don't talk unless they want something to be heard right that's the type of guy he is and not everybody understands that type of person right but i mean for the most part every time he come up he was personable you yeah. know but I, I believe he has the same mindset as we did going good as you know you can't go in there and be everybody's best friend because at the end of the day you have to send somebody home and it's almost like throughout the whole competitions and while we're filming it's almost like nobody's fixing to go home in right. the back of your mind there's a slight chance somebody might but I, and I think that played a big factor in the in the whole ordeal but just i think that's why everybody gets that persona off trace is he's just you know he doesn't have that that personable touch i guess but at the at the end of it you know, he'll, he'll sit down and talk with you and you get a chance to talk to him. He's a good, he's a cool guy. He's from around this area, worked on oil rigs and offshore. And I know a bunch of guys that do that type of work and they're not, they're not ever just the, the, the nicest guys around, you know, they're, they're not, they're the type of guys that have a little, little grit in their gut, yeah. you know, they, they don't take a whole lot from a lot of people and they're tough as nails. <laughs> yeah. And after talked to him for about five minutes that's that's how i categorized him is this guy's not he's he wasn't just a singer you know he had a life before that and he's he's lived it yeah 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 there's no doubt hey so when did you guys start filming this season i, I think the first day we filmed was november 2nd first or second i think was the first day they actually kicked the cameras on and we got of them yeah and and then how long how long did it take you was it six weeks or I, I think it was three weeks. Oh, the really? Long, the longest anybody stayed might have been four weeks. It was in between three and four weeks because it might it might have been probably like twenty four days. I think it was. Yeah. But I just I remember coming home right before Thanksgiving, like just a day or so before that. Now and that's the coming home, and you know you got, you can't just run off and leave and not tell anybody where you're going or leave it into open ended. And then they tell you when you come on the show, they're like, do not tell anybody where you're going, what you're doing. And I was like, I got to tell just a couple people. Leave <laughs> for a couple of days. That don't, that don't make a lot of sense. So. Right. Well, at home and I was like, where you been? What are you doing? How, how come you were gone for three weeks? And it's just, oh, you know, I went to Wyoming and day. And they're like, you're, you're day working at the end, in the beginning of November, you know? <laughs> and and Wyoming, this doesn't make sense. Uh, tell that to a couple people. But there was a couple guys I told that to, and they were like, "I nah, don't make no sense. What were you doing?" You know. <laughs> right. 
Well, and you still can't talk about it because the show is just in the, uh, you know, in the middle of being aired. So there's still things you can't talk about, are there? No, sir. I mean, there's a couple things from like the first and few episodes, and a couple things that have been kind of shown. Right. So, but there's been a couple people asked like what the next challenges were. You know, right. how do you think? You, well, you know, I feel like I did pretty good, and you just. I hate being rude, not answering somebody or just telling them I'm not going to answer them whenever they ask something. Right. So for me, it's like when they ask, I'm just like, well, how about we talk about the, the ones that have already been shown? Let's talk about the first, second, third episode. And then I'll, I'll get to talking about it. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't see that part. And I was like, oh, wait, I got that confused. That's the next one. No, I, oh. never, we're quit talking, you know, so. <laughs> oh, so anyway, uh, it, it, after doing this and being on camera and everything, do you uh, find yourself wanting to get in front of the cameras again or get into acting or any type of stuff? Or One hundred percent. You know, we, we kind of got together. There's uh, there's some guys I kind of I kind of stay with and work with a bunch. And one of them is a buddy of mine, Josh Hilton. Uh-huh. He's owner operator Hilton Bullco right down the road in Dayton, Texas. And he's also the production manager for the ABBI. Right. And so we travel and get to go and work those. And so with that, with that opportunity, it's been, it's been pretty good. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Hard to, hard to really complain about anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah well, have, have you had to sign any autographs yet? That's, that's what I want so to know. We, uh, we, <laughs> We put a bull riding on for our hometown festival. Mm-hmm. The, my buddy Kobe, he spent he's been four years putting it together. Like he brought it to them, they're like, "It's never going to work." Right. We can't put that arena in here. Have a bull riding in the middle of town. Like we don't want that. And he's like, "It's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. I'm gonna make it happen." And this year, he got to make it happen. And so he he put on a bull riding right in the middle of town. And heck, that's been it was it's been kind of crazy. But it just it all it all just seemed to work out. Right. By uh, doing that, it's it's opened up a lot of opportunity for us. What did I'm I'm sorry, what'd you ask the beginning of that? No, no, that. I just asked you if you if if you'd had to sign any autographs yet. And so uh, when we went to that hometown bull riding and uh hold on, I'm sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Let me try to get it off here. Yeah, no worries. Uh, anyways, uh, and they, the announcer, he's like, this is, which my cousin did it with me and he rides in the PBR. So we were just kind of like, you know, it's Cole Melanson, PBR bull rider, NFR qualifier. And then it was, you know, Hey, this is Coy Melanson. (laughs) Allen season three, you know, he was contestant on the show. And, and then after that, which everybody knows now, since the first two or three episodes come out. And then there was a couple of little kids afterwards that were like, I want your autograph. <laughs> I, I, I never, this is my first autograph. I just want you to know that. <laughs> this is the first one, here you go. And so I think I might have I might have signed six of them on the inside of everybody's cap. And I was like, yeah, it might not be worth nothing here in a few weeks, but it made me <laughs> special there for a second. Well, that's great. You know, and the thing is, it's it's one of the things I love about the show too so much is that, uh, you know, it one it shows our our cowboy culture western lifestyle and 
and exposes people to it because like the, the, my podcast is about that, about the modern cowboy. You know, not everybody grows up on a ranch or can day work or own a horse or anything, but so many people, I mean, everybody at one time in their life, you know, would love to own a horse or have a horse. And so you guys have a positive influence, uh, you know, on, on, uh, on young, on young kids and, you know, and just other people, uh, expose them to this, this culture and way of life. And so that's, that's super, super cool deal. You know. And man, that's kind of been our bread and butter here lately. As far as getting that bull riding together, they asked us a few times to, we went up to the school. He got it worked out to where he had a guy sponsor tickets for all the kids in the school. Yeah. Because kind of a, uh, it's not a very wealthy community. Right. And so he figured, you know, there's a, there's a couple families that have two or three kids and tickets are $10 a piece. By the time they get their kids in and them in, you know, yeah. they're six bucks deep and for yeah. that small it's it's not really feasible so he decided he found a sponsor they sponsored every kid in school one ticket and we went in there and pretty much was like hey guys this is we went to school here you know we started here you can you can leave this town and do whatever or you can stay in this town and still do something you know, there's stuff outside the town but we want stuff to be inside the town too so if you know you do graduate and want to go somewhere or do something let us let us lead by example. We're going to start now and try to build our community back up and to have something somewhere that those kids can be proud of and that you can be proud of. Hey, you know, that's where I come from. You know, this is this is where I'm at. And we just want to build that camaraderie back up between everybody in the community and have that positive influence. And once we did that, there's another the school I went to from about kindergarten to eighth grade, Devers ISD. It's probably one of the best schools around. You wouldn't you wouldn't know it after talking to me for any amount of time, but they're <laughs> you know exemplary on all the tax tests and whatever they they call them these days. But that that school holds everything to a higher standard, and they asked us to come in and kind of talk to those kids. And we got to go in and talk to the junior high, and man, it was just something different. You know, it's something those kids kind of catch on to. Yeah. And, um, I mean, these kids live out. In, I mean, they're the country school. You know, yeah. they're not. Everybody knows what a cow is, but nobody understands the process in which you make money on cows or, mm -hmm. you know, what it takes to take care of them and getting to go in there and talk to those kids and kind of give them the same spiel about, you know, you can go anywhere, do whatever you want to. But for us, we wanted to be cowboys. We wanted to be kind of better than everybody else, but not in a sense of, hey, I'm better than you, but we just wanted to raise the bar a little bit. Yeah. You know, have a, that way people expected more out of it and you know eventually it kind of turns into something else and it's you know you're they're buying like when they pay you to come work for them they're paying for your expertise but i mean you show you show up on time always you know clean clothes nice horses yeah. you know just it's pretty much just dressing the part and then living up to it and showing hey this i don't i'm not just wearing starch pants and a clean shirt for no reason. I, I know what i'm doing right we turn it into a business for ourselves and you see all the businessmen in the world, you know, and their, their suits and ties. And, and for us, you know, cap, we make cowboy in our business and we're going to make cowboy and cool. So when somebody sees you walk, walking around like, Hey man, that that's not just no normal cowboy wearing beat up old boots or, you know, Hey, he's dressed sharp. I want to be like that guy. You know, we want, we want something that the younger generation kind of look up to as far as hey you want to be a cowboy it's not you don't have to be broke and be a cowboy you can be efficient with it and really watch your money and pay attention yeah. to where it goes and kind of keep everything to yourself you know 
yep. without having to go and just continuously day work. You know, I was I was told a while back, hey, man, you need to go get a, a plant job. I was like, man, I, I had one. I don't like it. Like, that doesn't suit me. Right. I don't. I don't, I don't feel like I'm fulfilling my life's purpose by getting up every day and going to a plant. That's not me. After I get to get out and get to cowboy and day work a little bit and shoot some horses, I was like, this is, this makes me happy. Yeah. And once you find that thing that really truly makes you happy to where you wake up in the morning, which it, some days it's hard to wake up, but it's just pretty, it's not for lack of wanting to go and do what you got to do. It's just, Hey, I didn't give myself enough, enough sleep last night. <laughs> And so I, I recently signed up for, you know, Liberty County, we go out and catch cows and, you know, for the, for the sheriff's department. And that's kind of burning the candlestick at both ends. You know, I stay out, which this spring's been hectic because I'll stay out. We'll work cows all day and I'll try to catch up on the horseshoeing at the house just in the evenings. And right. so by the time after it gets dark at 730, you just stay out there and keep working, get a couple more horses done. You look up and it's eight thirty, and heck, you still got to put everything up, feed everything. And by the time you get home, it's eleven thirty, and you know it just kind of snowballs downhill. So yeah, trying to change that, and sure enough, get on a routine and get myself put into it to where I'm waking up, you know, four thirty every morning and trying to be at the house if at all possible by eight. You know, if I'm just having a normal day, try to get in there before dark and get some more sleep and just try to it's always about improving yourself and and improving your lifestyle for us yeah absolutely well hey koi i always ask everybody these three questions on my podcast Uh, do you have have a favorite brand of cowboy hats man i I do not have a favorite brand of cowboy hats i will tell you this i will choose a straw hat over a felt hat pretty much any day of the week it's just i just i love i love my straws more than my felts 90% 90% of the time down here, it's all you wear anyways, but I, I bought me a, I bought me a new felt right after the show, went to Fort Worth and bought it. And then I ended up losing some weight and my head got smaller. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I'm glad I did it. I got it fixed and got it, got it fitted again. So it, yeah. it, when I put it up in the closet this year before I pull it out at the end of the year, hopefully it still fits. I don't have to read it. Uh, I wouldn't say I, I personally had a preference rather than resist all or American, you know? Yeah. How about boots? You got a favorite brand here lately. So I just ordered a pair of, man, I'm trying to think what they are. The past two years I've been wearing Olathe's Mm -hmm. and they just, they just hadn't lasted and you can't, it's hard to find a pair of boots that last down here because it stays so wet and muddy. Yeah. And the stitches just don't hold up in them. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's no bootmaker's fault, but, but no, nah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get me a pair of custom made. I told myself I always wanted some and I'm 28 now. I figured if I get some now, I, they'll, they'll last me for a little longer. But I just ordered a, a pair of baby blue elephants. So I'm hoping they, they, they last longer than what the last ones have. Nice. You know, I actually just got a, a new pair of customs. Uh, they, they took me 10 months to get, but I, I got them from Beck's Boots down there in Amarillo. I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with those, but they, they build a lot of work, working cowboy boots. You know, they don't put a toe wrinkle on it or anything. It's they're they're just, you know, straight up, uh, you know, oh yeah, rough, My, rough tough dad, working boots. But And they're kind of the first pair that I've seen. He had his brand on them, and I was like, man, those are cool. I got to have some. 
and my buddy just went to college station and got fitted for some the other day and i watched the guy go in there and fit them and he told him how much they were going to be and he was like all right and he's like all right they're four months out yeah and I was, four months and he's like he's like yeah and i was like man that's quick like right now four months the turnaround time yeah exactly. and he just back the other day and he's like hey man uh i seen you got a pretty big social media following on your bull page he's like i had a guy that just bought uh enough like elephant hide for four pairs of boots and now he changed his mind he said so you know you'll you'll tag me in it then i'll give you you know i'll up, I'll upgrade them free of charge just tag them and post them and kind of put them out there yeah and whenever he told him that i told him i said hey next time whenever you go to pick yours up tell him i'm getting fitted for a pair for sure yeah like if he's four months out now by the time i get in there and get fitted he'll be six months out and i was like i kind of want to get on the books before because the boots this guy's just been putting out are amazing i'm trying to get his name right now i can't necessarily remember it right offhand and that's the worst thing for me i'm terrible with names <laughs> and it's like the point now where it's it's just bad you're gonna have to put a little spot in your phone sorry you, you have to put a little spot in your phone where you can just uh you know have a reminder to remind you of people's names and things <laughs> sorry exactly <laughs> hey how about western movies you got a favorite movie uh no sir i necessarily don't have a favorite movie but i mean it's it's back to the classics you know you get a, a rainy day you go lonesome dove yeah you know, late you know later in the evening i'll throw in tombstone or if it's a middle of the day movie i'm a man from snowy river since i was sick uh, oh yeah that's the, that's my go-to and then which i run a bunch of cur dogs and I got a little dog that goes, little Jack Russell that goes everywhere with me. Like he, if I open the door of my truck, he gets in it. Right. Because <laughs> I just feel like he didn't belong in there, you know? Yeah. He'd be outside by the front door. And then obviously your favorite television show, though, is the Ultimate Cowboy Showdown, right? <laughs> I watch it on repeat. After I watch the, the episode, like the night they come out with it, I'll watch it. As soon as it's over, I'll watch it again because I hadn't been questioned over a lot of things that I've ever done. But there's with social media the way it is nowadays, you know, you'll find out who likes you and who dislikes you real quick. Yeah. A lot of the guys have been getting on there and doing Facebook lives after the show. And I was like, man, you know, that's, that's not me. That's not something I do. And then you get on there and hear them kind of like they're upset that the way something happened. And then your name gets brought up and it's like, uh, like your, your th <laughs> name around like this, like, I, it's not going to get to me, you know? And you think, you think that the world is bigger than what it is, I guess. But you know, <laughs> I, I know you and you done told everybody where you live. So what's the point in running your mouth now? But <laughs> in water under the bridge, it's, hey. I'm, I just, I just, I find that funny that after there's the show's over, they go on live and, they, they're, they're telling all the secrets, you know. They feel like they're giving all the good gossip out. Right, right. That's Hard to watch. I want to watch. Like, I want to I want to hear what they're saying. But I know my name pops up on their live, and they see it. And so I was like, you know what? I'll let them, I'll let them speak, speak freely. When they <laughs> repost it, I can get on there and look at it, hear what's said. And right. <laughs> it can find, you know, six to stone. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, Coy, I know you got a busy day, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's great to meet you, man. Um, 
look forward to seeing how the uh, the season plays out, and uh, uh, we'll check back in with you down the road after the final episode. Yes, sir. That works for me. Just uh, just holler at me at the finals, and we can talk about how sad it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, man. You have you have a good rest of your day. I appreciate your time. Y'all have a good day. Yep. Take care. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the roping pen. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same. The minute we ride in to the roping pen. can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money. You were always broke. Just ask Clint what he paid a rope. Now he's lost a dozen wives. Half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends. No matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no player speed. But I give her hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pair of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down at the roping pen.